Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be starting our 32 NFL team previews for fantasy football for the 2023 season. And what better way to kick things off than the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we're trying something a little bit different here with this episode. Going to kind of see how it goes, uh, but we are going to be posting this one to YouTube. I finally got a little bit of a setup upgrade, and so I can record myself. Um, you know, on screen and on the podcast at the same time. It's kind of nice. Um, so we're going to see how this one goes. And we're also going to do the Los Angeles Chargers again tonight. We're going to go division by division in case you didn't figure that out. Um, so we're going to do the Chargers episode tonight. Uh, but we're going to do it with a little bit of a different format for the YouTube video. So what I want you guys to do, if you are a long-time listener of the podcast or a first-time listener of the podcast and you're watching this on YouTube, let me know what you think about the format. Let me know which one works better, the Chiefs or the Chargers, um, because that can be the one that I kind of make my default template um, for the rest of the 30 team previews that I'm going to be doing after these two. Um, now, if you are a first-time listener on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, we are going to be start. If this goes well, I should say, we are going to start doing our videos regularly on YouTube as well as the podcast, which will still be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio and all of that. Um, please hit the like button on YouTube. You don't have to smash it like a lot of the other channels say. Just hit it. Just just click it. Uh, that's fine. Um, and works just the same. I really do appreciate it. Please rate and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you're listening. Also, it is best ball draft season for fantasy football. So if you play best ball fantasy football, if you're interested in getting into best ball fantasy football, head over to the Underdog Fantasy app. Use my promo code mconnolly 88 It's from my personal account. Um, you'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. Um, I've personally really enjoyed drafting best ball on Underdog, uh, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of how that plays with um, the rankings for these teams. Um, so let's go ahead and get things started here. Let's start talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. So before we can start talking about what the Kansas City Chiefs should be up to in 2023, let's take a look back at what they did in 2022 as an offense. So the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs offense was just elite. They led the league in total points and total yards. I mean, what more do you expect from the Chiefs, right? Um, they also led the league in passing yards. However, they were 20th in rushing yards. They kind of just haven't really found the run game um, to support that passing game, even though the offense is still the most effective in the league. Um, they were also 11th in total plays and 6th in pass rate. So if you want to kind of inverse that, if they're 6th in pass rate, the percentage of plays that are passes, then that means that they were 27th in rush rate and the amount of plays that were runs. Um, now also... Um, when you look at fantasy scoring, just position by position, they were first in QB fantasy points last season. Patrick Mahomes finished his QB1. That's not really a surprise. Uh, and they were first in tight end fantasy points last season. Again, Travis Kelsey finished as tight end one. Not really a surprise. Uh, they were actually second in total running back fantasy points and 26th in total wide receiver fantasy points. We're going to break those down uh, a little bit here in just a second. But those totals, second in running back fantasy points, proves that even though this offense wasn't totally effective running the football, because they score so many points and because they have so many opportunities within a game to run the football, it's a very lucrative offense to be the lead running back of. Now, for the quarterback position, um, Obviously, it starts and ends with Patrick Mahomes. 
Um, last season, Patrick Mahomes was QB1 overall and QB2 in fantasy points per game. When you look at his weekly finishes, he finished as a top six weekly quarterback in 13 weeks last season. Y'all, they only play 17 games. So that means there was only four weeks last season where Trav- or Patrick Mahomes finished outside the top six quarterbacks. That's just an insane level of consistency, and it's kind of the level of consistency you got to have if you want to finish as QB1 overall. He led all quarterbacks in passing yards and touchdowns for the season, and he was ninth among all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Now, we've known for quite a while now that rushing yards and rushing touchdowns can be kind of a cheat code for um, quarterbacks when it comes to fantasy scoring because you know you're getting more points for a rushing yard or rushing touchdown than you would for a passing yard or a passing touchdown. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes he's finishing ninth among all quarterbacks in rushing yards that's not a bad total in, like by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that he's finishing first in yards and touchdowns that's the reason that he's ending as quarterback one, not because of his rushing ability. There's other quarterbacks that are going to be highly sought after who are going to be more effective runners like Josh Allen, like Jalen Hurts, but he's got just enough mobility that he can still get you some fancy points with those legs, and we know that he gets them through the air, uh, and so that's kind of the formula for him to be QB1. If he wants to repeat as QB1, he's going to have to continue to have the same output passing the football because we know that he's not going to put up as much rushing numbers as Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. Now, also, Mahomes has been like the ultimate consistent fantasy quarterback since he became the starter in Kansas City in 2018. He has not finished worse than QB6 in a season since he became the starting quarterback. That's just a level of safety and security that you're not getting out of pretty much any other player in the league in fantasy football, if we're being totally honest. So looking into next season, Patrick Mahomes is my QB2 heading into next season behind Josh Allen. I think Allen has a little bit of a higher ceiling because of the rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, but Mahomes' level of consistency and level of effectiveness with a passer, while still giving you a little bit of a boost in the run game, um, sets him pretty squarely as my QB2. I have no problem if you take him in the late second or early third round. Now for the running back position, I mentioned how lucrative this offense can be four running backs if we ever have a lead running back, right? But the problem was last year, this offense was such a running back by committee. Jarek McKinnon had the best season out of all of them. He finished as running back 20. Isaiah Pacheco finished as running back 37. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire finished as running back 46. They are all three returning to this roster, which could mean that kind of this looks like a committee again. But when you look at the total points that are being scored, it's so valuable because this position scored the second most points out of the, anybody in the league for the Chiefs last season. So like there's only one team that had running backs score more fantasy points than Kansas City. Now, if you're looking at weekly finishes, Kansas City Chiefs running backs finished in the top 25, which would be considered starter caliber when you take into account two running backs and the flex position. Running backs for the Kansas City Chiefs finished in the top 25 for a total of 18 weeks. Um, it's 18 weeks in the season. So, you know, they only play 17 games if you count the bye week. So pretty much weekly, there's a running back who's worth starting in fantasy football from the Kansas City Chiefs. But the problem is, is that none of them are going to individually have a whole lot of value if they continue to be embroiled in the committee that they're in. Last year, no running back for Kansas City had a snap share over 45%. Um, which just kind of just muddies the water a little bit more, right? Like it'd be a little easier to figure out if one guy was getting all the snaps and just not having the production to go with it because then you could just bank on that guy continuing to get the snaps, right? But it's just not the case. There's no running back over 45%. Um, and then you look at Jarek McKinnon, who really was a league winner 
last year, maybe not a league winner, maybe like a playoff advancer for fantasy leagues. Because in weeks 14 and 15, he was the number one running back overall in both of those weeks. Um, And so what you're seeing is with this backfield, it's a committee. It's probably going to be a committee. But there's so much value there that when you're looking at um, best ball leagues where you know you can have guys that have a spike week and they give you more value than guys that are just going to get you nine points week in, week out, these guys have a lot more value in best ball than in season long. However, for season long, what gives me a little bit of hope that this might be less of a committee is Isaiah Pacheco. In the postseason, he really dominated um, the snap share. He led the running backs in snaps in the postseason, and it really wasn't all that close. He was also very effective as a runner in the postseason. Um, so looking ahead, the lucrativeness of this offense has Pacheco as my running back 21. Jarek McKinnon and his ability to kind of have pop weeks and still be the most effective pass catching back out of this backfield has him as my running back 48. I do believe he should be drafted in redraft leagues. Um, And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is just not on my radar right now. Um, There would have to be significant changes coming out of the Chiefs training camp that would indicate that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be worth rostering in fantasy football again. Um, Now, like I said, to me, McKinnon has significantly more value in best ball. If you play best ball fantasy football, you know about the importance of stacking. Um, I have Patrick Mahomes in a few of the best ball teams that I've drafted already. My preferred stack for Mahomes is Jarrett McKinnon because in the games that McKinnon does well, it's receiving out of the backfield and it's scoring receiving touchdowns. Those two weeks where he was RB1, Patrick Mahomes had great weeks as well. So I think he's a great stacking candidate in in best ball. I think he's got a lot more value in best ball than he does season long. But I do believe that because of that pass catching ability and because of the chance that he could end up in a feature back role should Pacheco or Edward Hilaire get hurt. As, uh, Jarrett McKinnon should be drafted in redraft leagues. All right, now let's take a look at the wide receiver position with Kansas City. So last season, Kansas City only targeted the wide receiver position 300 total times over the course of the season, which is 31st in the league. It's pretty low, like, like it's really low, like really, really low. Um, the team also had the second most targets Um, two tight ends in the league. The only team that had more targets to tight ends was Baltimore. Uh, And then they also targeted running backs a total of 112 times. So the passing offense last year in Kansas City, it was their first year without Tyreek Hill as just an elite offensive weapon. And they really didn't feature the wide receiver position as much as they had in recent years. In terms of individual receivers last year, Juju Smith-Schuster led the wide receiver room with 101 targets and a 17.4% target share last season. And he finished his wide receiver 27 for the season. Miko Hardman uh, had 34 targets in his passing offense with an 11% target share. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling played all 17 games. He was really the only like consistent week-in, week-out wide receiver for this team who was healthy all year. And he totaled 81 targets with a 13% target share and finished his wide receiver 54. So I don't know if you were doing the quick math there or not, but Juju Smith-Schuster and Miko Hardman are no longer Kansas City Chiefs. So if nothing else were to change, that would mean that there were 135 targets um, that need to be redistributed amongst this offense. And so you could definitely see somebody 
take over some of those targets. Now the question is, who might be that somebody who kind of fills in for those 135 targets? Well, the first one might be Kadarius Toney, who was acquired mid-season uh, in a trade with the New York Giants. However, Kadarius Toney in his time with the Chiefs never eclipsed the 45% snap share. He just never became a full-time player in this Kansas City offense. He never ran more than 15 routes in a game. However, he was still effective when he was used. He had three finishes as a top 26 wide receiver, uh, and he only played seven active games with the Chiefs. So when he was out there, he was being utilized. He had a 28.6% target rate, which means that when he was in and the Chiefs were passing the ball, about two out of every seven times, it was going the way of Kadarius Toney. If you were to extrapolate that over the course of a whole season, it would be a massive target rate. It would be a massive target share. Um, but the problem is if he's not going to be a full-time player, he's not going to play enough snaps or get enough volume of targets to make that worthwhile. Now, Sky Moore was a rookie last season who I was really high on, and I kind of had to admit I was a little wrong on him. However, he did have flashes. He had 33 targets last season, only on a 28.5% snap share. There were a few games that he had that were not terrible performances where he kind of shined as the Chiefs starting slot. In the Super Bowl, he caught a touchdown out of the slot. I have a little bit of hope that Sky Moore could step into a bigger role this season with all those targets vacated from Juju Smith-Schuster and from Nico Hardman. Now, Rashi Rice is a name to monitor. He was drafted in the second round out of SMU this offseason. Um, he's a rookie that I think the Chiefs have really high hopes for. He's another guy who could be a nominee to step in uh, and take some of those targets. And then Justin Ross is another name to monitor. He really needs to be on your radar if you play in a deeper league or a dynasty league or a best ball league. He was an undrafted free agent out of Clemson who spent last year on the IR. I believe it was a torn ACL his last year at Clemson that kept him injured the entire year. Patrick Mahomes likes him a lot. Um, he looks really good on tape when you look at what he's doing in training camp. And he was a quality player when he was at Clemson. Um, so he does need to be on your radar if you're in a deeper league or a dynasty league. Um, but Justin Ross, at this point, I don't really think you can put too much stock into him until we start to see stuff bear out in the preseason or maybe even in week one or two. Now, here's the bottom line for the wide receiver position for the Chiefs, though. If the target rates do not change, then there are 300 total targets to go around for the combined receiving core of Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Rushi Rice, maybe Sky Moore, maybe Justin Ross, but that's a lot of targets to go around considering that 135 of them were vacated. Now, if any of them could end up eclipsing last year's target share recorded by Juju Smith-Schuster, which was only 17%, it's not super high then they could easily finish as a top 25 receiver. I think all of these guys have a super high ceiling because this offense scores so much points, because the passing game is so good in this offense, but their snap shares and their target shares were so inconsistent, and really their roles are so inconsistent. You don't really know who's gonna be doing what for this offense. I can't really rank any of them very high. Kadarius Toney's my wide receiver 43. Sky Moore is my wide receiver 60. Rashi Rice, I have at 61. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I have at 62. You'll notice very close together for those three because I don't really know what to make of the roles that they're going to have coming into the season. And then Justin Ross is my wide receiver 77. He does need to be on your radar. However, I don't think he's worth drafting right now uh, in standard 10-team redraft leagues. All right, now let's talk about the tight end position. And this one is a little bit easier um, of a situation to talk about because like 
is Travis Kelsey, right? He is the best tight end in fantasy football. He has been that for the best part of the last decade. Um, he finished his tight end one last season, and he led all tight ends with 152 targets. He had 39 more targets than any other tight end last season, uh, and he averaged 18.7 fantasy points per game, which was 5.2 more fantasy points than any other tight end. Now, his backup, Noah Gray, did have 34 targets on the season, and Kansas City targeted tight ends at the league's second highest rate, as I mentioned earlier, behind only Baltimore. So Kelsey is just a guy that gives you incredible value at the tight end position. He's pretty much that he's a guy that if you draft, you can pencil it in that he is going to beat the other team's tight end um, on a week-in, week-out basis. Like He is targeted more, he catches the ball more, scores more touchdowns than all the other tight ends. Now, could that change? if the Chiefs have a little bit more productivity to their wide receiver room this season. Yes, he could see a slight decrease in targets, but I still think that even if you think that's going to happen, I still think Travis Kelsey is the tight end one heading into the season. Uh, and I have him ranked as my sixth overall player. I think you can draft him in the first round. If you're looking real into the numbers and looking into the math behind winning fantasy football games, if you have Travis Kelsey as your tight end, you're instantly getting points on the other team, and that's points that they're going to have to make up somewhere else. And so if you draft Travis Kelsey as your first-round pick, you're getting an incredibly safe player with a super high floor and super high ceiling that you're going to force your opponent to try to beat you somewhere else. And you can find guys at the running back and wide receiver position who can, you know, if you feel like you're losing value there, you can get lucky and hit the right guy. It's not like the top 10 running backs and wide receivers always finish in the top 10. So you can find the right guys at those spots, even if you feel like you're giving up a little bit to draft Travis Kelsey. In that one. Now, Noah Gray or any other backup tight end, if this ends up changing, would be a super hot waiver wire commodity if Travis Kelsey were to ever get injured. Uh, and he will routinely, or you know, Noah Gray or Blake Bell was a guy last year. Um, Jody Fortson, I believe, was another one. Um, that as long as there's other tight ends on the roster for Kansas City, they're going to be punt plays in DFS. Meaning, if you were to play them on a DraftKings lineup or a FanDuel lineup for an entire slate or for a showdown slate, they're guys that are going to be super cheap who... As much as the Kansas City Chiefs target their tight ends, and even not even just Travis Kelsey, but just the random tight ends on their roster, might luck into a touchdown and pay off their value. Um, but those are going to be guys that, just names to keep in mind if you play DFS, that they're punt options where you can get them super cheap and they can pay off their value just by stumbling into a touchdown. Uh, and then, um, I forgot where I was going with that. If Travis Kelsey were to ever get injured, that's where I was going. If Travis Kelsey were to ever get injured, then those guys would immediately be um, hot commodities on the waiver market. All right, so that does it for the Kansas City Chiefs 2023 fantasy preview. Broke down every position, talked about how I felt about every position. Um, reminder, I really like the upside of this Chiefs offense. They are the best offense in football, in my opinion. And so, um, like I mentioned with the running backs, I, I feel the same way about the receivers. I think they have more value in best ball leagues than they do in regular redraft leagues because there's going to be weeks, weeks where one of these guys just randomly goes off and gives you a spike week. Um, and, you know, that's not going to be the case out of every offense. This offense is going to score a lot of touchdowns. They're going to score a lot of points. And so somebody's got to score them. Uh, and so if you're looking for an offense to stack in best ball, I think this is a great nominee to do so, especially considering so many of these guys at the wide receiver position have roles that they might really jump into that lead them to having a lot more value than they do right now. All right, so 
there you have it. That's the Kansas City Chiefs preview. If you watch this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button because we are going to be back with more of these team previews. Uh, hit the like button as well. It really helps me out a lot. Uh, and then if you are listening on Spotify or Apple, give YouTube a shot. You might like it. You might not. If you don't, I'm still going to be here on Spotify and Apple. Um, but otherwise, um, hope you guys enjoyed this. I will be back with more previews. I will be back next week talking U.S. Open. It's a big week in golf. Uh, and so I'm going to be talking about that next week in addition to continuing this team preview series. So make sure you hit the subscribe button in the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified when those new episodes drop. And you will be here when the golf episodes come up, the fantasy football episodes come up, when every other episode comes up. So thank you guys for listening. Best of luck to you and all your fantasy endeavors. And I will see you next time. Thank you.